Hey everybody, welcome to the Gone Jeepin' Show. My name is Chris Collard, and uh, tonight we have a special guest with us, Mark Allen from Jeep. And uh, Mark is probably a familiar name in your household. He is in ours. Uh, Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. This is yeah, fun. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, um, I said, is was the head of design help me out um as as of yesterday uh was so i uh after uh 30 years there i uh pulled the plug and retired yesterday so um and then you guys called like what hey <laughs> you called you called the day too late so i have to do this for free i used to get paid to do this but now i gotta do it for you guys for free but uh, that's all right um and it, we're just gonna uh i guess talk jeep so well yeah, yeah, of course. Well, thank you. Sorry, we're not paying you, yeah. but that may, that's what makes it fun. <laughs> we do this this whole gone cheaper thing we do for fun. Yeah, I yeah, it's good. Well, welcome to the show. I uh, wanted um, for those that are new to uh, the podcast, uh, it's uh, gone cheap and it's all things cheap, all cheap, all the time. I want to run around the uh, the table here and introduce everybody. Um, we've got up top, we've got Rick Payway, Grand Poobah of all things Jeep. Especially old Jeeps. <laughs> uh, over on my left, uh, Liam Lafferty. Liam is, um, I'm not going to say he's new to the Jeep world, uh, but he's new to the Jeep world just a little bit. You know, even though he's the guy that like has been designing Jeep parts for a uh, number of years. Um, awesome. And uh, let's see, center, we've got uh, Tracy Clark. Tracy Clark has just been around the media circles forever. Um, you know, worked with Rick at JP and Peterson's four wheel and off road and just like, you name it, she's done it. And, uh, and over on our right, you'll see a little tag that says unofficial use only. That is Greg Henderson and, uh, Greg. Yep. Always with a smile on his face. Uh, yeah. So Greg's unofficial use only. And he does like amazing, amazing Jeep builds. Like he does all of the quadra stuff, stuff. You might've seen the, uh, I aspire to do builds as cool as the ones he designs. Oh, we've got like two of the coolest Jeep builders in this one little box on my screen here. And that's, that's pretty darn cool. Uh, so, um, yeah, so the next hour here or so, just going to be chatting with Jeeps. And, and Mark, I know that the public, us, I mean, we've worked with you for a long time, um, individually um, and different projects and stuff. But, um, man, it's like you were with Jeep for 30 years. Well, I was with uh, the the company had several different names, and uh, <laughs> Chrysler changed their name uh, to, uh, of course, Daimler for a while and Cerberus for a while, uh, FCA. Uh, people, the the new company Stellantis. People ask me how do I pronounce that. I say that the same way I've always pronounced it. It's just Jeep. So that's <laughs> I uh, I started there in '94, uh, fresh out of uh, college, and I. Uh, I had no interest in Jeeps or trucks and uh, they put me in a Jeep and truck studio and uh, I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah. And there's a good story there too. Oh, Did I think we want to hear dad? it. I, he was in the Jeep and truck studio in 94. I don't know. I don't remember Henderson. They called him the hundred year old man. No, no, okay. no. Don't remember. Him at all. <laughs> That's not me either. Yeah. <laughs> Rick, you've never been there. called the hundred-year-old man. I don't know. OG goes pretty far. <laughs> don't don't beat up on Rick. One of my favorites. 
yeah, well, we both started in our, our automotive career in a way, same time. You were there in 94. Yeah. I joined uh, Peterson four-wheel and off-road and the other name changes after that in 95. <laughs> yeah, you guys went through it too. Yeah. 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 So um, let me ask you this. I mean, what, 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 did, what was your major in college? Oh, I, mean, uh, I went. I uh, well, first I did a stint in the Air Force. I fixed airplanes for a little because bit because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I always wanted to be a designer, and and uh, through the fumblings of high school, they don't really know how to get you there. I ended up uh, starting uh, product design, but uh, I, I did find my way into automotive design. I went to college for creative studies uh, in Detroit, uh, and. Uh, focused on automobile design, which I started doing when I was about five or four, maybe. As soon as I could hold a pen, I always drew cars and, and uh, my, my whole life. And I still I still do, honestly. Uh, I still draw, and it's mostly cars. It's never people or anything like that. Um, but I, uh, in 94, when I finished school, uh, well, actually, when I, I started school in 90, and Chrysler was not on anybody's list anywhere, to go to. Uh, it was Ford was hot. GM uh, was not. Uh, of course, there was, there's the Asian uh, companies. But Chrysler was not even on the radar. And then guys were starting to come back from there. And um, it was the Tom Gale era. And Tom Gale was uh, kind of a hero of mine. He was doing all the concept cars and the, the LH cars were coming out, the, the Ram truck. Um, Grand Cherokee was new in 93. But uh, there was just a buzz going on at Chrysler, and uh, but my main attraction was was Tom Gale to work for him. Uh, worked my way. I got uh, I interned at Chrysler, and then I did get hired there in '94, and they put me in a studio called uh, Jeep Truck Advanced Packaging, which is basically where they they architect the, the vehicles. It was sort of a catch-all, um, and it was that because that building was focused on minivans when I started there. That was the, the height of minivan, they were getting ready to do the, the 96, the LH cars being the Intrepid and the, the New Yorker stuff, uh, the cab four cars, but the the Ram hadn't come out yet. The, the uh, I guess they call it first gen Ram. Um, that wasn't out yet. And Jeep, honestly, they had uh, in 93, they had, they were, they were down to two vehicles. They had the Wrangler and the uh, XJ Cherokee. The uh, Grand Grand Wagoneer had just died the year before, a year and a half before that, and the uh, Grand Cherokee hadn't quite come out yet. It came out in '93, I guess, so '94. Um, it was just sort of fresh, but um, there was no dedicated Jeep studio. Uh, well, I'm sorry, there was, but it was it was pretty small. Um, and then I got bounced around between Jeep and truck for a couple times. And I did some concept cars and stuff, but. Uh, uh, when we reorganized under uh, Fiat, FCA, um, I got handed the keys to the, the Jeep studio. And uh, that's where I've been ever since. So um, <laughs> I've, I've uh, kind of made it my own thing. I uh, had, had a lot of fun with it. Uh, of course, there's the, the production side of it. And that's, uh, we were pretty busy, especially when, when Sergio got there. We were uh, doing things like the Renegade, which we built in, in uh, Italy. Um, renewed the whole lineup. The Grand Cherokee was was new in '11. Uh, I did the Durango as well, and uh, previous to that, the the Ram truck. Um, had my fingers in a lot of uh, projects up until then, but um, 
the the other thing that we sort of got going with in uh, was the the Moab operations, and it's in fact we just we just came off of that program um, where we build special vehicles every year um, aimed directly at at uh, Moab. And I, I got to tell you a story if it's, it's okay. I'm just going rambling on here. Hey, but, we're uh, all about stories. Yeah, yeah keep, well, yeah. keep rambling. Je- Jeeps provide stories for us, honestly. Um, so what I was doing, uh, kind of my second job, I was building vehicles that were shown at SEMA, uh, and it was the it was called the Skunk Works, and we built vehicles every year for this. And I at this time I kind of gotten interested in in uh, Jeep um, more as a hobby. And uh, I built a vehicle, it was a 2004, I think it was, 03 or 04, it was a Jeep Liberty. And I put a lot of effort into it and it, was, and it went to, uh, it had a diesel engine, it had 35 inch tires and stuff, and nobody was doing Liberties uh, and they still don't really. But uh, I put a bunch of effort into it and we took it to SEMA and it sat on the floor and, you know, whatever got admired. Um, that following year, we took it to um, Moab and Moab, for Jeep at that time was actually a pretty small operation. It was a little pop-up tent and uh, two people. And so I showed up and we had the vehicle there and it was, um, it was just at a parking lot. And um, I got frustrated with it because I put all this effort into this thing and, and made it uh, a fully operational vehicle. And I, I we had a uh, Scott Brown from uh, our public relations, he was there. And I told Scott, I said, I'm gonna go drive this thing. No, nobody's here to tell me no. And uh, I put all this effort into it and damn it, I want to go drive it. And uh, Scott being the genius he is, he goes, well, you know, if you're going to go drive it, I'm going to put a, a guy in the passenger seat to ride along with you. And that person happened to be Rick Bayway. And uh, Rick wrote something about uh, our drive and uh, boom, we'd invented our Moab operations. So that was uh Rick and I driving around, he wrote something. And then uh, the next year we brought more vehicles and showed them to more people. And uh, we created kind of, well, it's a monster now, but uh, it was a concept vehicle, ride and drive that we, you know, we, we've built concept vehicles before at great expense, but uh, to have something that uh, I could flip the keys to uh, a journalist, uh, media, and have them drive it as well, uh, is something that's still not done. I don't think anybody else is doing that. Uh, we've we've exploded. I think we're doing about uh, nine or ten vehicles a year now. We have a uh, a pretty special event. We latch on to the uh, the Easter Jeep Safari, and um, yeah, it became a thing. <laughs> it was a really good thing, is what it became. I think. I think about. Uh, in all total, I don't, I don't have an accurate amount, but it was about 85 or 90 vehicles that, uh, that we produced in, in the last 15, 16 years, whatever it, it's been. Um, pretty cool thing. Uh, it, it became, it was meant to be a side gig for me that I would do work on like a month or two. Uh, and now it's uh, a huge deal. And we always have to try and outdo ourselves from the previous year. No pressure there, but um I think we've done pretty good with it. I think you've done awesome. So, you know, Mark, that's where we met in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. Was the yeah. concepts. The uh, And let me explain a little bit about the reasoning behind that. Um, because I get I get the uh, the quiet people that, that like the things that we do. They don't say anything. <laughs> uh, the noisy people, 
I get hate mail from is like, well, you're never going to produce that. Stop doing that. I, I, you know, that's dumb. Why, why waste the money and do that? Well, um, we actually get quite a bit out of it. And uh, I think the world's a better place if we do these vehicles than if we don't. So neener, neener. Um, we, uh, we piled a lot of learnings into that we've done, uh, the, the vehicles over the years that give us so much back. Um, and it can be body style, i.e. I mean, I only pick up trucks I did before we finally did Gladiator. I kept that, that alive. Uh, that that conversation uh, we do different colors we do uh, again the body styles I've done all of the jeeps um, this is interesting I've done compass patriot renegade you name it great Cherokees um, but whenever we do that people are like yeah that's nice do you have any more wranglers <laughs> so we kind of we get a little bit wrangler heavy this year we did a, a wagoneer for the first time uh, or grand wagoneer rather but uh yeah, it's it's a. If you look around town in Moab that week, there's not a lot of patriots, but uh, we ha we have to show the love to all of them. One of the things about that Liberty that on that first trip where you took that out, I remember one of the comments was, "Just drive it how you want to drive it. You can't hurt it." Yeah, well, I knew better than that, but it did <laughs> tell me that push it more than you would push it, even though it is a Liberty, and that's one of the things that you've always done. At, especially since then, is these are all fully functional vehicles. They yeah, are. They're, yeah. they're not, quote, prototypes, but they also usually have something in them that lets you think, maybe maybe in a few years they're going to have part of this coming out. Always keeps you thinking, and that's one thing that was fun about them. Other than just, just drive them, you can't hear them. Yeah. Um, Except I might have heard that one. One of the best things that we got out of that whole program was um, understanding. And I mean that not outside, but inside the building that we were keeping the, we were really attached to the enthusiast side of Jeep. And I, I consider Jeep really belongs to the, the enthusiasts. So they're the ones that have, have kept it alive. Um, but there was a period of time when we first started those vehicles that um, the word on the street was Jeep had sort of drifted and lost contact with the, the enthusiast side. Uh, it was my intent to revive that and to make it stronger. And I, I think we have. Uh, those vehicles show uh, that we, we're, we're paying attention, we're listening. Um, the, uh, a lot of the learnings we got over the years, I get asked this question frequently, what did you do with that? Well, we pumped it all into the JL. Uh, when we do, did the renewal on, on Wrangler, the JL in, in 18, uh, that has a ton of learnings that we did from uh, the Moab vehicles. I'll give you some examples uh, where we did steel bumpers that had ends that could be taken off and make the bumper narrower, uh, that you could put a, a winch on there that the, the windshield folds down easily, whether you do it or not, doesn't matter to me. Uh, the fact that we... Uh, increase the diameter or the the wheelhouse size to put a 35 on really quickly that we move the fenders up um, on and on and on there's a lot of things uh, there's a lot of small intricate details that we learned and i learned just from uh being a, a an enthusiast and doing wheeling on my own um to have that kind of understanding if you don't have that um you, it'll show up in the sheet metal i, I firmly believe that um, 
when we were, uh, it was on JK, the, the guy that, that was working on these things previous to me, he was showing me a bumper that they were putting together. Uh, it was like an off-road metal bumper. And he, he, he grabbed me and he says, what do you, what do you think of this? And I said, I, I hate it. And he says, why? I says, cause it's so wide. He says, well, that way you could, you know, when you approach a rock, you could hit the rock with your bumper. And I told him, I said, I actually want to hit the rock with my tire. <laughs> but that was, that was the, the understanding that wasn't there. Um, he just looked at me crooked. Uh, somebody else asked me at some point about the, the rock rails. Like they don't, you can't step on them. You, why do you have those? And my answer was they're used for steering. <laughs> and he didn't understand that either. So, uh, yeah, that's the kind of, that's the kind of environment that I was, I was dealing with, but, uh, it's all good now. Well, this is yeah. one of the things you had all this incredible information that you're learning out on this trip. How did you impart that as a design guy to yeah. the engineers and the people that had to take your ideas, put them into a plant and then convince the marketing people. Yeah. I want side rails that you can't step on. That's the hard um, part in my mind. Yeah. Well, cause I, I sought out people that, that thought like me and uh, <laughs> people like Jim Morrison and Matt, Matt Nyquist, but the, the people that you deal with day to day um, making parts as you're going forward at some point, uh, they, they have to trust and believe in you. Uh, and I can give you some examples where that goes, goes sideways, but um, no, having, having a few people and Jim is a, a gem. I don't know if you know Jim Morrison or not, but uh, uh, a super Jeep enthusiast. And um, they just didn't have anybody, I think on the team, uh, certainly on the design team that was really tuned into it. Uh, I wasn't upfront, but I, I, I think I got there in the end. Um, I'll give you a reference, and it's a it's kind of a fun story. When we were doing JL, we did uh, a new hood latch. And first off, um, in the whole history of Jeep, this is the third generation generation hood latch. So the first one, and I see it right next to your ear uh, in in Rick's picture there, uh, that was common with a Model A, and in every tractor it was a, that little T hood latch. Uh, that was updated in in '96. They did the ski boot latch. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that that went all the way through YJ, that same part. Um, they did the ski boot latch on the um, the uh, TJ, which is behind my ear here, uh, and that lasted through. There was a modification to it, but that lasted all the way through JK. We did this third latch, and uh, it's a more positive latch. We had a hood flutter issue, and that was part of the story. But uh, having been a guy out wheeling and knowing that what you do is when you, you have your winch controller, your corded winch controller, you plug it into the winch, you undo the hood latch, you run the cord behind that and then up into the cab. We all do that, wrap it around the mirror. And what we were trying to do on JL was incorporate that feature into the hood latch. And um, we got there in the end, but the, the, it was hilarious in between. We were in a meeting and whoever was the wonk that was working on the hood latch didn't want to do it. And I, I said, well, why? He says, it's unsafe. You've got the hood unlatched when you're driving the Jeep. I was like, well, no, it's, it's, it's fine. I, I said, there's actually, Jeep has three hood latches. I'm just undoing one. He says, yeah, but you, the hood will fly open 
I said, look, man, I'm stuck. I've got the winch out. <laughs> I'm just trying to put the winch wire behind, behind the, the hood latch. He says, well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm like, well, then shut up and just go ahead. Anyway, we went forward with it, and the hood latch has the, the little indent to put the, the winch cable in there. No one had ever thought about that. Uh, the other the other dumb thing, the uh, JL, we returned the, uh, and, and Rick and I talked about this at some point, the, the hood prop is now properly attached to the hood again. They attached it to the body on the JK. Uh, so you can't get the hood up and get the latch. Up. These are stupid little details, but they're important to me. Um, once you put a lift on a Jeep at a bigger tire, you can't reach the hood anymore. So now you can walk the hood up onto, onto the windshield with the, the, hood, the hood prop rod. Um, JL is full of these little things. Most people don't know that. It doesn't matter to me if they did, they don't know that or not, but uh, it's important to me. I feel like I'm talking too much for you guys, but so what yeah, just tell me to shut this up. This is what we're here for. We absolutely love. Yeah. It. Um, I was so going to jump in now. Oh, you know, because because I've been on the outside for a long time, mm -hmm. uh, looking in. I'm friends with a lot of people at Jeep and have been forever. Um, you, as far as I know, you are the last surviving Lunatic Fringe member. Yeah, I barely made it in. I, I got the shirt somewhere. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm wearing it. Yep. So I'm, I'm again, the only non-Jeep employee. The LFers. That ever got one. Yeah. But um, now that you're essentially the last member, and now you're retired. Thanks for making me feel old. That's cool. No, you were the last one in and the last one out. You should be proud of that. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is a sundown. How did you prep the torch right because i'm sure you passed the torch oh yeah or, or had to explain some of this stuff so that the new person yeah who's filling your or gonna try and fill yeah. your shoes um how do we know that they're gonna follow some of those same things or do we just pray oh well uh it's a it's and a mark, complex answer mark here's a here's the thing you might want to explain real briefly what lunatic fringe is and yeah, why it, that's important that you're going to Hopefully, yeah. somehow, keep the torch uh, going. Lunatic Fringe was a uh, collection of, of, there was no designers. They were Jeep engineers, uh, and they were from the AMC days in through uh, the buyout from Chrysler. Um, a group of guys, and I'm not sure how many they were, like eight maybe, but uh, Bill Tony, Dave Thompson, um, Dave Yegi. Dave Yegi, Steve Schluter. Yeah. Uh, these are the guys that were um, keeping the, the flame alive. It, it, you got to remember, let's let's rewind our, our, our clock a little bit here. This was during um, um, YJ times. Into Dark days. Into, into TJ. Uh, they were the guys that were responsible for um, doing chassis development and, and, and hard, you know, architecture of these vehicles. Uh, probably the best thing they ever gave Jeep was uh, they put together the Rubicon. And if you don't know the, the Rubicon story, uh, no one wanted to do it, but these guys were pests. And uh, they were basically trying to build the Jeep that everybody was building after they bought their Jeep with the uh, locking axles, Dana 44 locking axles, a four to one T case, a little bit bigger tire, um, some, some body protection, uh, if you're driving a Rubicon and listening to this, uh, you, you, you owe a debt of gratitude to these guys. Um, so anyway, lunatic fringe, uh, we've lost a, a few of the members. Um, 
I'm I I barely made it in at the end, but uh, and it wasn't an official thing. It was just like, hey, uh, we like uh, the cut of your jib. But here's a shirt, you know, and pat you on the head. Um, but yeah, what was the question? <laughs> so so the the question was, yeah. um, in the end, you know, with with everything, oh, oh, with yeah. everything you've done yeah. to keep the jeep alive and yeah. keep all those little intricacies there, yeah. How do you pass that torch properly to make sure that ah. Okay. The new crew that yeah. has to fill your shoes they're, keeps it out. They're there uh, for for des- for the design office, right? Yep. And um, I'll tell you, when we go to Moab uh, every year, the week prior, the week before to Moab, uh, what I have been doing is bringing people with me that have never uh, been off road. Uh, they 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 work on a jeep somehow. They could be an interior person or a UX person, or one of the guys from, from my group that, um, that they've never um, been off-road, but they're working on a Jeep. And it's been my intent that if you're going to work on a Jeep in my shop, I need you to go learn how to put the top up and down, put the thing in low range, what's low range, when do I use the axle, um, how do I drive, blah, blah, blah. So I take them with me to Moab. Uh, we have Jeeps for them to drive, and these are uh, Jeeps that I intercept. They're on their way to the dumpster. Uh, I intercept them, put a little bit bigger tire, and take them out there. Uh, what I'm doing with this is, A, um, teaching them how to drive the the way that I was taught to drive. Um, they uh, doing it in, in the Moab environment, which is one of the, the best places to do it. Um and I get I get learning and understanding out of that. So I don't know that that. And those guys are there. I've been planting seeds for many, many, many years with this. Um, I've never taken someone with me to Moab that um, that didn't like it. Um, there's people that like it more than others, but oh, that, yeah. but that's okay. Um, so those people are there somehow. That's uh, Jeep has has grown and we've grown and all that. But well, we know Jim's an enthusiast, so he's gonna. Definitely push. Yes, absolutely. Uh, in fact, they go along with us as well. So, the uh, the thing that I the when I got the hook set in my mouth, uh, it, especially it was in Moab. Uh, I was uh, in a TJ. It was a stock TJ. It was a Rubicon, and we went. The first trail I did out there was um, uh, Moab Rim, which is. Um, my favorite trail it's a great trail yep it's not an easy trail and think i've i've never been rock crawling before but the guy that i had teaching me his name was lowell babcock was so such a great teacher and what he taught me and the thing that i just didn't know beforehand was finesse uh that that the jeep can do it uh it's better at it than you are and um just really basic but focused car control. And that's the kind of thing that I, I still practice it today and um, try to uh, spread that knowledge with my guys. And I, I'm very hard on them when we're, when we're out there. I'm like, look guys, um, the, the Jeep can make it. I don't need a, a throttle jockey cowboy bashing this thing against the rocks. Uh, we all have a dealer or not dealer, but uh, manufacturer plates on here. We're representing Jeep. I need you to be, become the best drivers possible. And um, I beat on them hard for like two days and then they get it. 
it's really good. I, I'll take them through something they don't need a spotter on, but they'd like a, that that B notch or something, and make them uh, just focus on a spotter rather than trying to, to drive the thing themselves. Um, safety, prepping the vehicles, and and above all, just being a, a good finesse driver. Um, you don't need a Rubicon on big tires to do most everything in Moab. Mm -hmm. Um, first time I did Rubicon, we were in, in sports on 30 inch tires. You can do it. Yep. Um, but you, you got to drive it better. The, uh, the funniest were. part about that is the first time I ever did Moab rim, uh, Babcock was on that trail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I loved him. So I, I've known him since I was about 12. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he was a phenomenal teacher. Because some of the first hardcore off-roading I ever did mm -hmm. um, up and around Canada area and even local uh, was with him. And yeah, it's finesse is key. And yeah. and I've always done the same thing. Like I tell people, take your foot and shove it in the trans tunnel and drive with the big toe. <laughs> Stop flooring it to get up an obstacle. Yeah. You know, it's not when in doubt, throttle out. Stop that mentality. I get that guy every now and then. Yeah. And I, and I, I come down. Um, you don't need to do it. No. You don't need to. Do, no. I, I'd rather you learn how to drive mm -hmm. than than buy uh, another part to put on your Jeep. Yep. Uh, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I could Mo go out for Moab hours Rim, on first that, time but... I did Moab Rim was in a it was in a TJ mm -hmm. on thirty one inch tires and it was not a Rubicon, mm -hmm. so it was open front and rear, and drove all the way up to that trail. But right at the bottom now it says you know you need thirty sevens and yeah. front and rear lockers and all this. No, you just yeah. need finesse and pick a good line and be careful. Yeah, and don't yeah. bring Rick with you because he doesn't like that trip. <laughs> and I it's think a, it's a honestly, challenge. Mark, I think that uh, you know, and Greg, uh, Rick, it's like you know, we all learned to do this before the Rubicon. You know, when I mean, I'm remembering back when like a 33 inch tire was a big tire. It's like, yeah. boy, they got the 33 inch. Um, what were those? Uh, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had yeah. <laughs> the Norseman but, True Tracks. Remember those? That was like yep. in the hot tire in the 80s, right? The early 80s. Like, wow. And a radial. And then BF Goodrich came out with a 35-inch mud train. And we're like, In the 80s, I was still picking buggers and playing with G.I. <laughs> Joe. So I can't relate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Whatever, Greg. <laughs> I, I, I had my guys on. Uh, we were on um, Hell's Revenge. And there's a, couple, there's a couple harder steps there that you could choose to do or not do. And uh, all of these these Jeeps that I had uh, the guys in, they were 35s uh, and Rubicons. And I'm gui guiding them over this ledge. And it's a it's a sizable, it's a three-foot ledge, you know, and it, it looks frightening and everything. And we had all gotten up, and they, they this was uh, day two or day three, and they were, they were doing really good. And we'd gotten up and parked the, parked the Jeeps and walked back to look at it. And um, they're all beating their chest like we got over that thing no problem and then here come the flat fender club oh. and they <laughs> they go up the harder side and they walk it and uh what's the biggest tire on a flat fender right is it a 29 uh maybe, you're, you're lucky if you yeah. get 31 and they're group. they're 52 horsepower and having a blast yep. you know no roll bars no safety none of that stuff and but they know what they're doing yep you know yeah, uh, this, none, this none of those guys struggled and the, those little jeeps walked up, and my guys are all mouth agape, like they can't. Like, well, they just showed. <laughs> just showed you. Yeah, it was perfect cooled, yeah. timing. Perfect timing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. All right. So, guys, so uh, long-winded long answer to 
uh, I'm planting the seeds for the the next guy. So yeah, and that's that's exciting, you know. Um, and it, you know, it's nervous because we've had that conversation about you stepping off and traveling and you know retiring, and you know the whole Jeep concept program. Like back in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so there's been a lot of other guys working on these things too, but it's like okay. who's going to okay. steer the ship on you know on the Easter Jeep Safari concepts going forward. Yeah, um, I think it'll be fine. Uh, not too worried about it. Uh, honestly, a lot of that it was um, was me saying I wanted. You know, I I've had this thing in my mind. I want, I want to build. Um, those guys are there. They'll they'll figure it out. I'm not I'm not worried about it. So um, I did. I mean, I've been really fortunate. This has been a dream job. Um, I told I told one of my best buddies back home when I moved to Detroit. I said if I only design you know, the little switch that turns on the, the dome light on and off. I'm happy because it's a, this is a big deal for me. It was to, to be a, a, a professional automobile designer. Uh, he reminds me all the time, says, well, you did more than the switch, so <laughs> you're doing okay. <laughs> but I, 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 I often joke, I, I, uh, I got a big corporation behind me to uh, support my, my hobbies uh, and, and build pretty much anything I wanted to do for a long time. Um, the uh, back to when when uh, Rick and I w- took off in that uh, that uh, car that we built. It was a show car. We built it for SEMA. Um, no one told me no that we couldn't, and um, I've operated ever since like that. And uh, it just felt like uh, many years of just getting away with it. So hats off to all my bosses to, that let that happen. So it's good. We're talking about Moab, and I know a couple of us have questions. I did, because oh, I've been out there with you guys photographing those cars for 15 years now. Um, I know I have some <laughs> favorites, but mm-hmm. like, what what are some of your favorites that we've done? I'm just thinking back on Sarge and Lower 40 and Stitch, and I mean, the list goes on. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll ramble on a little bit for you, I guess. You guys like that, so... Um, Lower 40 was was probably the the one that kind of put us on a map. And that was me out there. I, and this was when I was just doing these things by myself, nearly. Um, that put us on the map. And I was just paying attention to, I was building my own Jeep, which is this yellow thing back here. And um, TJ days, I mean, to put big tire on, you just had like six inches of, of lift. I think I'm full four on this. But, um, and I was paying attention. There was a couple of guys that were, that were uh, you know, doing the rock crawling and rock crawling was kind of peak then. Um, I was interested in this low ride height and getting all the lift out of the tire. So that was, that was kind of a favorite and it's, it came off uh, a bit like a hot wheel, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, that's a cat down here banging around. Um, another favorite and probably uh, I'm in fact, I'm on record. If I could steal one and take it home with me, it would be the, the uh, new Kaiser truck, which was patterned after a, uh, m715 but on a on a jk with a diesel engine and uh, we stole the color off of that honestly uh, well first i lifted the color for that off of a garbage can when we were building it and and then we put it into production and and the, the story goes on because that just that sort of straight shade gray space has been huge uh going forward uh, we do sting gray and anvil gray and uh, now earl stuff like that but uh, that, that was a big one. So that uh, one was a fun one for me too, not to interrupt Mark, but uh, when they 
did the new Kaiser, uh, and Mark probably doesn't remember it or realize it, but he came into AEV. Mm-hmm. And I had just started working at AEV because it was it was new to the state. Um, Mark came into AEV a couple of times with Dave Yegi and a couple of the other guys. So it was the first time I ever met him. And I remember when you guys were talking about the bed for the new Kaiser, which ended up being a TJ Brute bed yep. from AEV mm-hmm. that had been turned around. Front to back. Um, yeah. And so, so that was when I first met him. And that would have been 2008, 2009. Um, nine, one of the first times I met nine. him. Yep. And, you know, from, from then till now, you know, it's just been straight uphill. Yeah. Everything you've done, all the builds that you've been attached to, really, they're what caused builders like me to get so involved and try and emulate what you did. I mean, yeah, you had a big corporation and, mm-hmm. and guys, I mean, money was less of an object. <laughs> um, yeah. But there's a whole group of guys like me mm-hmm. who aspire to do what you do. So, you know, take that into consideration too. Yeah. You didn't just build some cool cars. You built legacy. I appreciate you know, that. Like yeah. when I got involved yeah. with Gone Jeep and I've told these guys that they're my heroes. They're the guys yeah. that I read in the magazines that I looked up to. And when, when Tracy approached me and said, be part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now even to have Mark Allen in my garage, <laughs> you know, it, it's amazing. And even the, the guy with the white hair. Yeah. Even the guy with the white hair huh. and, and the, and the and the flip-flops, everybody knows those. Uh, um, I have white hair, too, and I'm only 45. So, um, We've never but, seen you take your hat off, Greg. Oh, well, it's bad tick season, so I, cu- I cut it real short. Um, but, no, it's I, I still remember that because yeah. I was a young 20-year-old kid, um, you know, mid-20s when I started at AV, and I remember – you and a few of the other guys and I, and I'd known some of the lunatic fringe guys mm-hmm. for a long time, but yep. um, I remember that. And I yep. remember those first couple builds and I remember, you know, even being asked by some of the lunatic fringe guys at night, usually late at night to go help weld on some of those builds and yep. do a couple things. Yeah. And you really have created a whole new world of Jeep people with your builds yeah. So you should be proud of that. <laughs> I am. Um, reluctantly, but yeah. Um, Sorry about stepping no, into his project. No, that's cool. when he mentioned yeah. that build, I just couldn't not I, say it. I, I walked into SEMA one year well after we'd done lower 40, and, and it, there it was. And I'm like, we didn't bring lower 40. Somebody had duplicated mm-hmm. it. And they did a damn good job. Yep. And so that that's cool. Um, yeah. Notable builds. Uh, I'll tell you what. We did a 1956 uh, Willie's Wagon. But no, it's like a 62. I got that wrong. My truck. It's a Willie. It's a 62. It's a Green Willie's Wagon. It was actually started by Tony Carvalho. Yep. And um, it's a Willie's Wagon that it's got a great story. It was it was a car that was sold um, as a customer car. And it's got these stickers on it from Las Vegas, uh, the from the uh, uh, Air Force Base there. Anyway, it ended up back at AMC at the headquarters, and it was I was told it was always kind of around. It was a buyback for some reason. And uh, Tony started in, he, he got a hold of the car somehow, and he, got, he started to put it onto a, a, a LJ chassis, and then he lost support somehow. And um, he called me up. I'm like, he says, you know, can you adopt this thing? And I, yeah. So uh, we finished the build. 
and it's a uh, basically it's this Willie's wagon put on an LJ chassis. We kept all the original paint, patina. We had to touch it up and stuff. But uh, back in that day, when we did that vehicle, we were showing the Jeeps uh, before we'd go to Moab. We would show them in the courtyard at uh, Technical Center, and I wasn't allowed to show that one. And I shipped it out to Moab with the others, and I thought, well, I'll just I'll just drive it around. That's fine. And um, we we did a uh, we did the presentation. We were at that uh, that uh, that ranch that's down the the valley, and I did the presentation of the new cars, and uh, that was it. And then I said, I actually have one more thing, uh, just for the people that were there. And we brought the the Willys around. And um, the 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 remarkable thing is, it was a a classic Jeep, an old Jeep. Uh, that I'd now mixed into this this bunch of new uh, conceptual Jeeps. And uh, the the brand was nervous about that because, the, and I, I, I still hear it, it's like, oh, oh, you know, I don't know why you like these things. We don't make those Jeeps anymore. We'll, they want to focus. They fund me and they want to focus on the new ones. But it turned out to be kind of a, the, one of the hits of the show. And since then, I've done several uh, vintage or, or, or classic updates um k10 and they're fun they're fun to do and and they now support me but it's always with a bit of reluctance but yeah i had another one with um and sorry again no that's fine so lol babcock yeah um when i was at the end of my aev phase lol was going to help me start my new process um and so we had lunch a few times and we talked about it and he had a couple jeeps he was gonna offer to help me with um and I told him, and so this will date it, and you may or may not remember it, but I told him, I was like, you know what I'd really love to do? Because I like reshaping, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, do you know what I'd really love to do? I'd love to get the mold for the front of the new Kaiser and then graft those onto a JK mm -hmm. and make kind of a Wagoneer. And he's like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And he had the, a Jeep that he was willing to, you know, this is before the everything changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's like, well, I'll give you the Jeep and let me ask Mark if you can use those molds. And like two months go by, <laughs> three months go by, and I call him up. I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, yeah, I was told no. <laughs> and then yeah, at the end of that year. The answer would still be no. Right. At the end of the year, there was this blue and white one that showed up mm -hmm. the same year I did Path Killer. And it was, I was like, that's what I drew on the napkin. So <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> um. So many stories. Oh, you know what I remember, Mark, about the uh, the Willies? Um, yeah, you had to wear the straw hat when you drove it. Oh yeah, yeah. We put a straw hat in it. <laughs> and and it always, a straw hat. Yeah, yeah. I, I made people. I made some people like they. I said, you know, if you're not going to wear the hat, just get out. There <laughs> you go. Reluctantly you go. put the hat on. Hey, you got to be a had fishing poles, on, you know, tied up yeah. top, and had, oh, old, yeah. had a wooden crate and an old Coleman cooler in the back. That was. Uh, that that vehicle cool. had a, a full rack on it uh, up on the top that we had somebody in Florida make. The, he made them for uh, like Volkswagen micro buses, so he made that that special rack for us. And uh, one one of the guys from engineering, this was a couple of years after we shown that car. He wanted to borrow the car, and uh, so I, I said, "Yeah." I gave him the car. It had that rack with lanterns and fishing tackle boxes and stuff, and he took the car and drove it down in the underground garage and cleaned that whole rack and all that stuff off the roof. Oh. <laughs> we fixed That'd it, but uh, yeah, these, these things happen. But, you know, uh, uh, 
they all have license plates on them. We could drive them on the street. So uh, that's fun. I think we should that's get that. One thing that's fun. I think we should get that. <laughs> the 62 Willys, one of Rick's Willys, my yeah. expedition Jeep, and we should all take a road trip, a dirt road trip. Wait, does does Rick have does Rick have an old Jeep? Uh, that runs. Let me see. What's the ambulance rule number you got? What's your ambulance <laughs> Is number? Is your blood right now, red? Right? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm dead according to the ambulance ratio. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like I just brought another one home with Freiburger that uh, it oh, runs, no. but it has a V5 in it now. Oh no, V5. Oh, I didn't uh, know they are... made a V5. Where did you get a they V5? Didn't. You take a V6 and. <laughs> Let's just say it's now a V5, and we got it all the way back from Colorado, so that was good. Yeah, yeah. well, there, there's one old flat fender that runs runs well yep. and is very, very reliable. And Mark has intimate knowledge of that Jeep. Yes. That's true. Yes. And yeah. in yeah. fact, Tracy, do you have a photo of that? I do. It'll <laughs> take me just a second to get to it. Yeah, this this yeah. is one of those things that when when you see this photo, everything comes together because it it is a Jeep, it is Mark, and probably the smile does it all. <laughs> that that's oh, you if you don't here. get that smile, yeah, there it is. Don't get it. Yeah, if Tracy talks, Tracy. yeah. There it is. Uh, yeah. All right. There it is. There it <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. That, that's... Uh, that, that was that me. One. That was me learning the brakes didn't work very well. <laughs> that's, the, that's the look on my face. Because <laughs> it's a real Jeep. It's a real and, Jeep. The brakes don't work. They don't, and, so, so they don't stop real fast, but they two don't pumps. go real fast. So. The, this yeah. A real right, Jeep needs two pumps. This right here is what makes this Jeep worth so uh, much. So much, so very much. Oh yeah, the sketch. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a Mark Allen sketch on the dash. signature. <laughs> that's pretty darn cool. Now it's you guys that are just listening to this. You guys are just listening to this. We're looking at this super cool picture of uh, that's your cheap Rick, your Willie's. No, Tracy's. Tracy's. Oh, that is. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. is. And it's got Jim Orson's uh, signature on there. Yeah. And of course. The man of the hour, Mark Allen. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. if you guys, if you guys are listening to this, um, I'm gonna do this thing that we never do in our podcast, and we really should. We probably have like five or six videos. Believe it or not, we make videos, um, and we post them on this thing called YouTube. <laughs> and we have like five or six videos of this Jeep, uh, the, the Flat Fender Fall Color Tour. It's in all of those. And Rick did a, a really good video with it, where he's asking you what it is because it's actually kind of a mystery. Uh, what this what this jeep actually started out as because some parts have been added so i'm just gonna like do that shameless plug go and watch our nice. videos if you're just yeah. listening to this is there a title on that one you can search oh i'll find it yeah i'm sure there is okay you look for it there while we while we can just watch all of them until you find it everyone exactly and like share and subscribe all right yeah absolutely <laughs> but i I, I have to say that that's probably one of my fondest memories was when Mark asked if he could drive my Jeep. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, thank you like, for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you hesitated. Yeah. Not at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I practically threw the keys at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's right. <laughs> Well, what were we talking yeah, about? We had a really fun. Yeah, drive. go ahead. Oh, we were kind of wrapping yeah. up Moab. We were talking about our favorite oh, um, favorite concepts and uh, hot, yeah. hot Wheels lower forty. Oh yeah, it was just bad. The M seven one five. I was thinking about the J ten. Um, oh, I mean, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the one of my very favorites is the uh, that Ford Control the one fifty. Oh, the FC. The yeah, FC Mighty FC, um, which is which uh, Scott. If you watch uh, Top Gear America, it's on the opening credits of that vehicle. Um, uh, what's What's weird about that that truck is it's uh, is how outstanding it drives on the freeway, which an FC was never good at the freeway. But you know, it's on a TJ chassis. Um, that thing's a blast to drive because it's like driving a little building or like a uh, from an airport <laughs> or something like that. You know where it is not fun to drive. Uh, where it is not fun to drive, it's down steep hills. It's like oh yeah, control, yeah. sitting like great in front of the great tires. for going up. Yeah. It's great going up. <laughs> um, amazingly, one of the one of the vehicles that I had the the one of the classic vehicles that was uh, the hardest or the most difficulty I had with the brand was the uh, the green and white Wagoneer, which was uh, one of my favorites. Which was wildly popular with yeah. everybody. Jeep. Yeah, but it it, it demonstrates. Uh, the difficulties we have because we were, I was doing it to sort of uh, rekindle the, get the, the word Wagoneer back into the, the, the mainstream. Uh, but the behind the scenes, the brand was worried like, no, we're, we're doing the new Wagoneer. I'm like, yeah, duh, I know. But uh, they, they didn't want any confusion. I said, I'm, <laughs> I'm Pretty going sure. to get it. I'm going to, <laughs> there will be no confusion and I'm just going to get it. Back into the uh, into the uh, well, back into the, the language, language. yeah. Because if, people hadn't said it since ninety two. Uh, if you watch uh, anything on the Hallmark Channel, and I don't recommend that you do, but there's usually a Wagoneer <laughs> in, the, in there <laughs> for some reason, and, and you see them, and uh, it's it's such an American thing. Even the name, which I think you know, when I was a little kid, I thought Wagoneer is kind of a corny name, but it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that would be. If I could put one in my garage, that that's one of my favorites too. That came out really. Well, there's good. one right out there. You want to drive it home? That's a church. I need it back in a couple of weeks, but. <laughs> All right, yeah. I've got a couple that maybe could use your expertise. Um, it's not. It's not the uh, the part that I do is the easy part. The you know, you know, cut this and move that, and and uh, you know, paint it this color, and then I go to lunch. It's the people that actually have to build it. So. Yeah, uh, I know. A place. I'm just the guy pointing. Yeah, yeah, I know. Guy. A place. Yeah, we know. We know a place. We do know a place. But you know that that comes back to the question. I think I always want to answer. Mm-hmm. Looking at all of the vehicles you've done, where do you get your inspiration from? Um, these? A box of Hot Wheels, or what? Um, I've been asked this question before, and and um, it's kind of hard to explain, but I get so much inspiration when I'm on the road somewhere. If I'm on a trip traveling somewhere and it's just me driving or I don't have to be driving, but um, going to somewhere new or somewhere I haven't been before. Um, I don't know what in my brain trips, but a, a good long trip, a road trip, not, a, not an airplane, not a, any other form of transportation. I did a cruise once and I really hated that, um, but a driving trip somewhere, uh, particularly if I haven't been there before, I don't know. Something goes wild in my brain, and I and I think of things. Um, there's a lot of there's been a lot of that, and uh, lots of examples of that. But uh, and uh, I have a real affection for 
um, old cars, old Jeeps, um, doesn't have to be a Jeep, just old things. Um, I get teased about that at work all the time. Cause you know, I'm supposed to be working on new things, but, um, I was fascinated. Let me go back to that FC 150. That thing was, uh, a, a period of time that came and went, it'll never come back. That was a, I, I think it was essentially the CJ wheelbase. Uh, and they put the, the, the driver, uh, you sat right over the front tire, and uh, the idea was that the it had a full length bed, but it was so compact in length. Uh, that period of uh, American, when when there weren't templates for you know how a pickup truck is or how a car or, or whatever is, uh, everything everybody was was experimenting. That's when you know Ford Bear got the engine in the back, or you know these, these there were several of these uh, Ford control vans. Well, yeah, like they that. just take that one chassis and come up with eight different things but there was a this this wild experimentation yep. going on um there was a lot of that going yeah on. the uh the xj actually was was birthed out of that in where it was a uh a, a compact essentially station wagon with four doors which was part of it and uh, uh all the off-road goodies and then you know the eagle was was birthed out of that yep. as well and and the Eagle wagon. There's a beautiful a, story about that. Yeah. Um, so, and it's actually on uh, Gone Jeepin's YouTube. Mm -hmm. So when I, I finished a build, which was called the YJL, and which I turned a JL and a YJ and blended them. Um, and we had Dave Thompson, who you know, mm -hmm. and Phil Tony. Mm -hmm. um, and it was actually the last time Phil was on camera. Uh, we sat right here and we talked about it and they talked about some of the old stories and they talked about how the eagle wagon saved jeep and the whole way that it did mm -hmm. because the eagle wagon had this ginormous budget and the jeep the yj had this itty bitty budget so they were able to steal parts and move things around and yep um but they they gave this whole story on video and it's on the gone jeep and channel so you know if you look back you can find it um but it, it's stuff like that where they did they had an ingenuity you know they yeah. Oh, they're yeah. building this car over here. Yeah, their backs are up against the wall, yeah. too, right? Yep. Yeah. They were, because uh, that, uh, if you don't know what the Eagle Wagon is, uh, shares a lot with the Gremlin and yep. uh, the Hornet. And it was Do you the, want one? The Hornet sported that. No, oh, no, yeah. no. Don't, don't tell us it's so. Concord. <laughs> I think it did the come Gremlin. out with a Concord chassis, something like that. And the cool <laughs> thing about it, you know, it, you say it saved, saved cheap. Uh, it, it really did at the time. Because I was right. a predecessor. It wasn't a crossover. There was no CUV or SUV, whatever whatever they called it. And because of what it was, it was cheaper than pickups. It, it went around emission rules because of that. It was truly a revolutionary vehicle of the time. And came in to be, of course, the Eagle Line. You 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 reminded me of a story I'd like to tell, but um the most important Jeep Good. ever. And I think I've told you this before. Mark's opinion, warning, Mark's opinion, but the most important Jeep ever, I think, was certainly the most important Wrangler was the YJ, the square headlight YJ. And the reason I say that is, A, um, it's the first Wrangler, and B, it saved the franchise. Uh, so you got to think back in, in <laughs> CJ's, CJ days. Um, they were, they were, had some road stability issues and that was being highlighted. The YJ was lower, wider, had, had, uh, uh, stay bars on it. And it was meant to 
stabilize the thing on the road. Um, not the best canvas to start with to, to build something, but uh, had that not worked, there would be no more Wranglers. Um, that's absolutely true. I, I, the reason it had square headlights, and I was told this by my previous boss who had he'd worked on it. He, he said that there was a there was a push to distance it from the, the CJs to make it look a bit different. Uh, square headlights were in fashion. They grabbed some and and put that together. But uh, uh, I, there's still a lot of people that that show uh, distaste to the to the YJ. But I maintain it's it's a super important piece of of the history. Uh, had that not worked. Oh, Liam's down here. He's got it. Yeah, we wouldn't have him. That's Liam awesome. is definitely YJ boy. He's a YJ guy <laughs> in a big way. Man, Liam, if your YJ not, looked that good. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with I that. I think it's yeah. great. I just remember when they, that My YJ came out when the, does look that good. I don't know what's wrong with you, Greg. Yeah. It's, it, this is the same Jeep. It looks just You like must it. be using an Instagram filter. And red. But you know, but you know what? A uh, uh, five-year-old me would still identify that as a Jeep. Yep. I'd, I'd glance at that and say, that, well, it's a Jeep. So This yeah. is the thing, Mark. And this is was, whether it was um, YJ, which... All the naysayers came out with bumper stickers that says real Jeeps have round headlights. And yeah, yeah. It's a YJ or Yuppie Jeep. Um, it's but it's whether it was the YJ, the TJ, JK, and then more recently, of course, the JL. I mean, they what you just said is like they are that is they you can tell that vehicle, the profile mm-hmm. at any angle from any distance. You just look over like oh, the Jeep. I'm like, yeah. that's it. And that's one of the things that the brand, in my opinion, has a phenomenal job on is maintaining that. I mean, it's in my, you know, Wrangler leads the brand. That's it. It's like, you know, there's other companies out there that have gotten rid of their, their marquee lead the brand vehicles, in my opinion. And it's like the, all they, you know, they're just making a bunch of other cars. Yeah, is, a, I do is a Bronco really a Bronco? Uh, well, you know, the role you got to drink Mark. <laughs> You're with Oh the- yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Mm-hmm. But um, I do remember when when you know uh, the 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 JL was introduced in eighteen, and I think we had conversations. I'm sure you had them with Rick and tons of other people. But you're like, we're not. You know, everybody's worried. You know, because so many other brands are pushing towards all IFS and you know all the other things that come with it. And you're like, don't worry, we're not going to screw it up. That's it. Well, I'll tell you what, every, every time we work on that vehicle, uh, we have to start there though. And it's the right thing to do is, uh, ask all those difficult questions up front. Should we do this? Should we do that? Um, it riles people up, but you have to do that to stay relevant, modern and all that. Um, I'll tell you what, as a designer, we approach Wrangler really, differently than anything else let's say Grand Cherokee or or uh, a Wagoneer or uh, Cherokee it doesn't matter Wrangler starts with uh, and I this is what a, pe- a lot of people get wrong but body geometry is key i.e. approach departure break over all that stuff but keeping the body uh, keeping the doors thin uh, and keeping the body tight keeping the tires out to the corners, uh, particularly the front tire. Um, the uh, stood up windshield is kind of a, uh, a pain point for us, but um, 
it's it's a necessary thing to be able to navigate tricky situations, particularly off road, um, and have the body as trim as possible is key. The other the other thing that uh, a lot of people forget in a Wrangler is they're all convertibles. Doesn't matter which one you get, it's a convertible. Um, I like to tell people, you know, the convertible market dried up and washed away. It's gone. But we sell hundreds of thousands of them a year. And uh, and that translated into Gladiator as well. And Gladiator has become this unique uh, um, it's convertible pickup truck. It's the only one out there. Pretty cool. I, I like that. But the, but the body geometry of having the narrow hood and having uh, the fenders out there uh, a lot of guys take the fenders off and, and, you know, we, we've, uh, uh, helped them to be able to do that on, on the cars. Um, uh, sometimes they come off by themselves, but then they're easily reattached. Uh, but the, the body geometry of that thing is so key because my designers are all start, you know, sketching and, and, uh, trying to make the thing look different or, or not even, um, but it, to me, it's it's the the geometry of the body is is so key. I hope I, I, I have hope a lot of people that actually yeah. I have people that that talk to me about Jeep and they know I'm a Jeep guy. So I say, oh yeah, I have a Jeep, and I say, really, what kind? And they say, Greg Cherokee or something like that. But yep, that's often okay. Often they'll also it's okay. Got to have those so you can have your Wrangler. Yes. But the most interesting thing is when someone says. Oh yeah, I have a Jeep, and they, I said, "Well, what, what kind?" And they said, "Oh, well, a Jeep, Jeep, <laughs> and a Jeep, Jeep. Well, a Jeep, Jeep. So I say two door, four door, because I'm thinking Wrangler right now. Four door, no, a Jeep, Jeep, which is exactly what we're looking at behind me and behind you. Two door yep. with those exterior dimensions and the way it looks, and people have that in their brain from yes. flat fender through YJ and all the way through JL." Thank God it has yes. two doors. Of course, we do have uh, the JT, which is only four door. Uh, I think well, there's I a have. JTE right out here that's a two door. <laughs> yeah, right. So I, I once asked Mark at some sort of a long lead where they had it. They said, but Mark, you know, this is when they first introduced it. I said, but Mark, I really want one with two doors. This is luck. I gave you a convertible truck. With a diesel and solid yes. action. I went, you're right. Thank God for that. So we uh, do uh, thank you, Mark, for everything I, you helped push through in the past. I kept the conversation alive and we bothered yes, Sergio did. enough until he finally gave us the money. But um yeah, I uh I remind people all, you know, JTs <laughs> are two doors, just on both sides. But um yeah, I I uh I would covet a, a two door as well, but uh, uh, you know the, the market. The market is is four doors, um, it, and uh, yeah, this is how it's going to be. <laughs> mm -hmm. The market is four doors. Well, you know, I've always been a truck guy, and um, man, I was super jazzed when the Gladiator came out. And then mm -hmm. you mentioned Scott Brown before, uh, you know, earlier. So I borrowed one of uh, the Mojaves <laughs> when they were just getting ready to launch the Mojave. And, yeah. and man, I'll tell you what, that was one of the funnest vehicles to drive. That, you guys did an awesome job with that. The suspension just worked surprisingly well. And I actually had uh, a guy yeah. named Ned Bacon, 
who you might know. Well, um, I know Ned. He, uh, you know, I use him as my driver when I'm shooting, want to get some, you know, really action video and I don't want to damage a car. Right. Um, and he's, but he's like the biggest naysayer out there. He's like, rawr, rawr, rawr. so we did this, we drove this thing for three days in Nevada. That is sand dunes, desert, drift, high speed stuff, whoop de doos, bumps, rollers. And uh, at the end of it all, we're both heading back to his house. And I'm like, so just no gloves. Like, what did you think? And he's like, you know what? This thing's pretty nice. It handles yeah. a lot better than I thought it would. I mean, yeah. He, and that's, yeah. Yeah, the the Mojave's a really different an animal than the uh, the uh, gladiator. It's not just a or the uh, Rubicon. It's not just a sticker pack. Um, that's my daily driver right now is a Mojave, and I think it's hands down the uh, the best behaved uh, gladiator we have day to day. Yeah, and and super good at at the faster off, off road stuff. Yeah. So my only yeah. comment um, on that was, uh, and my thought at the end of the day or the end of the week was. Um, more power i mean the v6 you know oh, yeah. v6 <laughs> big fan yeah. but i'm like all right yeah give us the v8 guys yeah. <laughs> uh i think the window's closed on that probably not going to happen but uh it's too bad yeah maybe well, one of those you maybe one of those yeah, inline sams yeah. with the Jump turbos there, i was just saying maybe one of those inline <laughs> sixes with the turbos you know food for thought um yep the hurricane <laughs> yep, all that's been looked at. <laughs> yeah, do you get to hear the secrets still? Or, or are they like, you're retired, you're done, no more secrets for you? Uh, because it just happened yesterday, I really, you know, <laughs> just want to be away for a while. But uh, I've, I've got good, solid connections. I'll, I'll hear it all, I'm sure. Not worried about that. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, so, and, and you know that, Liam, I mean... We were talking about the straight six and the turbos. How many years ago? Oh gosh, yeah. Since I first right. saw one, way before it was ever a thing, the word gets out. Yep. And yeah. with a name like Mark Allen, he's going to hear a couple secrets way before they happen. <laughs> yeah. So you've been, you know, so Mark, it's been like uh, you're two days into retirement, but you've obviously been thinking about it for a long time. And what's in the future? What What's that bucket? What's the bucket list look like? Oh, for me personally. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, why you're well, here. Uh, okay. So uh short story. I didn't grow up here. I'm I'm a transplant to Michigan and uh although it's been wonderful here, I, I uh the West is calling me. I, I grew up in the Portland, Oregon area and uh, I'm not going back to Portland, but somewhere uh, my my wife and I have, have drawn a hard line on the uh the continental divide, so somewhere left of that and uh we're gonna go figure that out. So hey, I awesome. need to I need rivers and mountains and better weather. I, I, uh, if you, somebody wants a good deal on a snowblower, call me. Uh, I'm not going to need it anymore. But uh, I don't know where I'm going to go, and I don't care. I'm going to take the time to figure that out. And uh, towing my Jeep with me. So Sounds like a road trip. It is a road trip. Casey. Yeah. I'm on the left side of the Continental Divide, and on your way west, we hope you will stop through here. I'll show you some of the great trails that you may not have been on, uh, and you yes. can take Tater out and actually <laughs> give her a go and not on the paper. I would love that. I didn't know Tater had a name. Tater. Yep, that's Tater. That's Tater. Oh, nice. And um, the third week in September, we do, and you've heard us refer to it, the Fall Color Tour. 
yeah. up here in the Arkansas Valley between Buena Vista and Salida. And this year we will have 62 flat fenders that oh, are wow. coming out between uh, invitees and crew. We'd love it if you'd come and make an appearance and enjoy some of the well, dirt actually, roads. I got invited to, uh, I think it's Uray, it's Steve Schluter and some of the guys. So I don't it's at the same time, but I plan on going there. And I've been through there on, on motorcycles, but uh, I'm always in for going going back. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Especially with uh, 60 platties. Yeah. Before you get over there, you have to learn how to pronounce it the right way. It's not Ure, it's Ure. I stand corrected. <laughs> Ure. It, it's like, it's like Buena Vista or Buena Vista. It depends mm -hmm. on, on whether you're there. Oh, Most exactly. locals just call it BV. BV. But uh, yeah, I'm It'd trying to be, figure uh, out in my mind how uh, uh, a carbureted 60 horsepower Jeep operates at 14,000 feet. Surprisingly quite, well. Quite well. Does it? Surprisingly <laughs> well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, September 16th through the 23rd. And uh, yeah, we'd love it turns to out I'm going to be in the area. So, yeah, like, yeah. Um, let's do that. Just remember, fuel injection is a passing fad. <laughs> exactly. Turns out that's you're you're you're, you're right. <laughs> and what's what's the one key thing you need to have in your tool bag for a flat fender at altitude, Rick? Oh, clothespins. Well, not just that. Ignition wrenches. Oh yeah, ignition wrenches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do we, what do we do with the clothespin? Clothespin clothespins fight uh, vapor lock. Ah, how so? You put them on your put them on your fuel line. And it has to be a wooden clothespin. Wooden, yeah. yeah well, and on a steel fuel line. Mm -hmm. Doesn't work so as well I, on rubber fuel lines. So if I bring a dryer, that won't work. It's got to be a clothespin. It's got to be a clothespin. <laughs> a couple of years ago, I bought what was it? Two hundred. Well, in a few more years, they're all going to use dryer motors anyway. Yeah, they are. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I bought two hundred wooden clothespins and put them on the table up there. And people are just kind of looking at them. Mm -hmm. Well, you'll have to ask Brandon Germis. I was about to say, yep. Dr. Brandon. Talk to Brandon. This is We're another kind of thing works, so. on our channel that you got to watch. This is more yeah. uh, that oh. in the Mojave review that Chris did also on our channel. So just saying. And now that you're retired, you'll have so much time to do nothing. <laughs> Trust you know what? I, I'm going to be so busy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I got how I. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm super busy at the moment, but yeah. Oh yeah, trust me, it won't stop. But yes, yeah. you're always welcome to any one of our hovels to come out and say hi, drive cheeps. So I'm going to come see you. Yeah. Don't I got a jeep with your name on it. Yeah. What's that? You got a jeep with your name on it. No, you oh. don't. I've got a Jeep with his name on it. She's got one. You do too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll give him a pile yeah, of Sharpies before he leaves. He can write his name anywhere. I, yeah. uh, um, the very first vehicle I ever drove was a flat fender. I don't know if you know that or not. My dad is a Jeep guy. He's long gone. Um, but, uh, I've got, he had a CJ5 later on. And I was, I had it worked into my head that he was going to give me that car when I turned 16. I'm glad he didn't because I would have, I would have wrecked it, but um, I still have uh, a real soft spot for a, a well patinaed CJ five. So that's on my list. 
you know, an around town car. Look at Rick scratching his chin. He's like, eh. he's he's rolling through the inventory in the back. Yeah, what year are you interested in? <laughs> exactly. And will it run? Can I get it to run? Do I have enough? You know what? I, I can make stuff run. I'm not worried about that. The yeah, running. You can always make it run. It's it's got to have the right feel. Patina. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm the one that can usually uh, find the, the odd duck in the in the flock. That's true. Well, yeah. you found us. <laughs> We're there, all there, on ducks. <laughs> there's there's none in Michigan to be had. They're all the the winters here are pretty rough on You'd cars. Be surprised. There's a guy over in the thumb that's got hundred and sixty some jeeps. Ron? Yeah. Yeah, I know Ron. Does it's he in have there. any good ones? No. Oh okay. No. He he might have two in the garage, but they're okay. all good ones. He does have a lot of jeeps. Yeah, he's been calling me lately, trying to get me to come over. He's ready to get rid of stuff. Yeah, I know he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Mark, that pretty much settles it. It's like if you get off your road trip, and uh, what are you going to be towing the Jeep with? A uh, Sprinter van. A Sprinter that's, van. That's what I'm going to be wow. living in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, get all outdoorsy and stuff. Okay. Overlanding. Up there on the road, you got. You're starting the van life. We just we we used to just call it camping but now it's got all kinds of goofy names but uh yeah oh so well, can you, you put a rooftop to... tent on top of a sprinter van and still get under an overpass why would i need to do that yeah because exactly. it's over- overlander you know when you're overlanding and you have a snorkel <laughs> you know jeep it's it's a fred williams thing he's like you know when you're jeep it's like two fingers off the wheels you know when you pass another jeeper but yeah. if you got a snorkel it's like this oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you got a rooftop <laughs> tent it's like this <laughs> you know the uh the the jeep wave thing which is cool it gets tedious because there's so many uh-huh. uh on the road um i also ride motorcycles and those guys all have their own special wave and that gets old really fast yeah, dropping their arm yeah oh yeah it uh i don't really ride the kind of bikes that those guys wave too much at every now and then Cool. Yeah. Well, when you do get on the road, it sounds like you got um, you know a whole bunch of places you can get a free place, free place to crash or park. Oh Close yeah, to yeah. like cool trails. And uh, you know me, I live an hour and a half from the Rubicon, so well, we're we're gonna be near your home. So yeah, look for the Sprinter van. A few cool trails around here. Well, yeah. fall yeah. fall color tour A. We still call it camping, and B. Biscuits and gravy will be ready bright and early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's the way we roll. <laughs> well, I, I, we, uh, I, my, my group, we, uh, we were just up in Canada. We spent a week up in Canada, which is my favorite place to go. Um, and we stopped, and, and there was another group. They were, they're kind of a Facebook group, and they were up there at the same time and wanted to run with us. And uh, at, we stopped at lunch, and all of me and my guys are whipping the hoods open and getting our tamales off the motors and uh, a little crowd gathered around. They're like, what? <laughs> like, how do you guys not know this? Farmers did this with the tractors back to that FC. That was the best. Cause it was right there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they, uh, mm-hmm. they'd never, they'd never Indoor seen it cooking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you could smell it all. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you guys know the story about Nina with her can of beans, right? The one that she, exploded. She, she exploded a can of beans, yeah. You have not, to put a vent hole in it. Not recommended. That I don't know who had to clean that up. Oh my. <laughs> no one needed it. She cleaned it up herself. Yeah, probably. You know, I need to I learn need to, from uh, you guys 
on that because I have tried in my YJ so many times to cook. I even made like a thing for a pot and it never gets you don't need hot that. enough. It never gets hot enough. I've tried everything. I've put it you're like four cylinder gets hot. you're just putting it in the wrong spot. Yeah. yeah. Tell me your exhaust manifold doesn't get hot and then we'll talk. So I put it yeah. so you know how the, there's a, a loop, right? The intake manifold is the semicircle. And then the exhaust is right there, and I put it right above the exhaust manifold, or well, headers in your, this case. Your problem is, is you're an engineer and you're over engineering it. Yeah, <laughs> burrito, yeah. Uh, frozen now burrito, those engineers, tin foil wrapper. Yeah, yeah, wrap it on there. Well, so I had yeah. to secure remember, kids, it. Keep it simple, stupid. I had to the, secure uh, the it because there's guys so know much this. space. I don't know. Wire, Whatever. tie wire. Aluminum. We'll try it on the V8 <laughs> of the Commando. So, Mark, uh, fun fact here, we had our uh, our uh, annual uh, gun jeeping run at Moab, our team run, oh. and uh, I was super impressed. So everybody had the rigs. It was like a six-course meal. By the time we got to lunch, and it was like six-course yeah. meal off, and yeah. Tyler had stuff in like three different places. He had a couple of different package, you know, aluminum foil rolls on my, you know, on my yeah. engine. It was awesome. It's like, yep. We should we should have a, like an annual competition for you know manifold cuisine. Uh, uh, the col- uh, the colder it is out, the better. You know, oh yeah. To, to, to be uh, in the woods and it's cold and wet, and uh, you've got a hot meal, it's pretty damn good. <laughs> Nothing beats Rick's lobster tails and corn on the cob, though. Oh my! Right. On the motor. Mm. Yeah. On the Hell motor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's. Uh, I think it's actually. I, I think if you've got a um, a newer Jeep, it's probably more difficult because of the, all the plastic oh. covering and stuff. But uh, yeah, you have to take that stuff off. Yeah, yeah, you take the plastic yeah. cowl off. Sadly, mm-hmm. but then there were a couple of aftermarket guys that were making a uh, uh, one that would fit on the Pentastar. Just take the plastic yeah. cowl out. And it's like it was a breakfast. It was a manifold burrito box. Kind of cool. Uh, yep. oh, four Pentastar. liter, all, all time best. Four liters, the way to go. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> it was built for it. <laughs> so what, Mark, what, give us some words of wisdom. You've been sharing all kinds of cool stuff with us, but I mean, you just made this huge jump, you know, which I know was probably, you know, emotional because she just, it like, was, felt so many friends, you know, that become like partial family over the years and, I mean, it's... I, ha- I had something in my eye most of the day yesterday. Yeah. 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 Um, what do you want? Words of wisdom? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, it takes a lot. Of, this, this, this is my point. There's a lot of people. How old are you, Mark? I uh, just turned 60. Great. So you just, me too. Yeah. Just like yeah. two weeks ago. Congratulations. Yeah. Just yeah. earlier last month. So there's so many people out there that um, may, might be in your position. They've been with a job that, for so long. You know, they like what they do, but it's like, okay, what is it that prompts somebody to finally make that jump? Because it's a big deal, you know, uh, from an emotional standpoint, from a bucket list standpoint, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's time. It's uh, right. It's time um, for me anyway. And I uh, got two kids, got them out of the house. I've got a, a wife that I... Uh, want to spend a lot more time with. In fact, I've, I keep t- telling people I've been stealing time from these people. It's time to give it back. I have the ways and means. And um, 
I just, uh, it's just, I don't know. You'll, you'll know it when it's right, I guess. I, uh, I keep getting asked what I'm going to do. I'm going to wear out hiking shoes. I'm going to wear out my mountain bike. I'm going to wear out my new motorcycle. I'm going to keep driving this old Jeep. Um, I love the outdoors and uh, I love vehicles and to be able to do those things together. I love to explore and travel. Um, I've had great fortune uh, in this position at work to uh, really travel the world, although, you know, on airplanes and, and hotels, but I've seen, you know, been to a lot of countries and seen stuff, but uh, man, I still love the American West. There's still so much there. Um, I can tell you, uh, uh, personally, I, as a kid was, and I, I had a fear of the desert and I, uh, it might've been Wiley Coyote did that to me, but, um, I didn't understand or, uh, was never attracted to the desert. Um, Moab changed that for me. Um, and that's, that's a different kind of a desert, but then, uh, I've been to, uh, the Mojave uh, Sonoran Desert, stuff like that, and uh, even out to uh, when we go to um, King of the Hammers, stuff like that. Oh, now I get it. If you've never seen a sunset or a sunrise out out there, it's pretty pretty magical. Um, anyway, back back to what I'm going to do. Uh, I, I'm I'll probably do some international travel with my wife, who didn't get to go with me as I as I went around the world, but. Uh, we're, we're just huge fans of the American West. And uh, as a, a citizen of the country, man, uh, the, the, there's a lot of people here that have never even been. They've never even been out there. And uh, we're, we're blessed. That's some pretty great uh, scenery out there uh, and, and a huge variety. And it's still accessible and, and open to us. We, we host a lot of journalists, especially when we go to Moab. Um, we bring people from all over the world. Uh, Asia, from Europe, um, you name it, South America, uh, they're always stunned. Uh, we, we take it for granted we have this, but uh, they're just stunned by this. I'm also, because I'm a veteran and I'm old now, I got the, the Gold Star um, uh, National Parks Pass, and I uh, so there's a lot of great parks. I'm going to go check them <laughs> off. So. And, and, and uh, not, not, the, not the name brand ones, all yeah. the, the goofy ones. And you get a ones. discount no, yeah, I get that too. But yeah, <laughs> and when we talked the other day, Mark, you said you mentioned it's like, I think you said uh, your wife would camp every day. Oh, she, she would. Yeah, that's she's, awesome. She's good with that. Um, you guys she's a great cook, but she's even better <laughs> camping. So yeah. So you mentioned Moab. Are we going to see you in Moab? Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. For I uh, I plan on showing up. Yeah, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to disrupt any of the uh, the goings on. It's it's. I got to hand that off, but um, yeah, I'll be there. I, you know what? Well, I've got its flaws into me somehow. And, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I want to go. Awesome, Liam. Well, we'll be waiting for you there. Thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll be hunting you down. Yeah, <laughs> always. And thanks again for the multitude of uh, years of Jeep service, shall we say, as well as friendship. Thank you for sticking around. You could have bailed out any time you wanted. Yeah. Well, Rick, uh, I'll, I'll, I owe you a lot of credit for for that first trip uh, and meeting you. And uh, you know, I think you've probably uh, cats out of the bag on uh, the JL. There's a special piece on there, and that's dedicated directly to you for being uh, 
being who you are. So yeah. I think sandals. everybody knows we're referencing, uh, there's a pair of sandals that uh, are on every JL towel, every JL and JT, and those are, uh, JT. they are dedicated to you, sir. Thanks, man. Don't that tell anybody. Yeah. Don't yeah, tell Jim anybody. already did, so. Yeah. He wasn't even there. <laughs> Yeah. So for those of you that are listening, those of you that are watching, um, thing about the sandals, Rick is a sandal guy. Yeah. In fact, we've been out on like snow runs and Rick shows up in his sandals. They might even be his Corona sandals, but he's wearing sandals. I'm like, dude, your feet cold? He's like, yeah, maybe a little. Right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Sandals rock. That's why I've had them. It's been quite a few I did, years. Uh, I did... Uh, Counsel my guys when I walked out the door. I get credited with the the Easter egg thing on Jeep, and it's it's fun and it's, um, but it's really fragile, and to uh, be careful with those. Don't overdo it. Keep right. a good sense of humor, and um, people love those things. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if you know, but I have a I have a policy with with our PR department that we never we never really talk about them. We certainly don't show them. Uh, because they're not for uh, aiding the sale of the vehicle. They're for the people that bought the vehicle to discover and to uh, give them a little little piece of joy. Um, and really to just show their these vehicles are put together by people with souls and, and thoughts. And um, they're not, we're not robots. So for what, for whatever that's worth. It's worth a lot. It's Probably. worth a lot. The band, the brand is, will not survive without enthusiasts like you in the driver's seat. I mean, that's you know we've had discussions with it ourselves. It's like yeah. it's just super important. Any brand doesn't matter what the product is. It's like the people running the show um, need to understand the end user what they not just think about what they might like, but they need to be one. It's like if you yeah. run yeah. McDonald's Corporation, you need to know how to flip hamburgers. You know, there, there's a there's a few brands out there. Some of the automotive um, that we reference yeah. uh, frequently, Porsche being one of them. Uh, they still make a vehicle that's like their very first vehicle. Uh, Harley Davidson, I think, and Jeep have very similar mindsets to the uh, enthusiasts yeah. owning the brands. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's the deal. Like, it's uh, made for enthusiasts by yeah. enthusiasts. Huge. Liam, yeah, he just yeah, yeah. I was so I was raising my hand, and I can I'm gonna steal the stage for just a minute. Um, so Mark, I have never met you in person, and I think I might be the only one on this call who's never met you in person. But I have like awkwardly been hovering around you in a way for a few years. <laughs> um, so I say that because I met a ton of people who know you, and so I was. It, here's some context because you guys were all talking about 1994 and 1995. That's when I was born. Um, so now I'm making everyone feel bad. And um, so, <laughs> sorry for that. Um, but no, so when I was in, in college, I bought a YJ and it changed pretty much my entire life ever since because I didn't like cars. I didn't really care for anything. I knew I was going to be an engineer and that was about it. Then bought a YJ and went incredibly broke working on it and um, and then decided Jeeps were like all I really wanted to do. 
So 2018 rolls around and I'm graduating from college and I, I kid you not, I'm walking between classes and I have like no free time and I'm watching the JL launch on my phone as I'm going between classes. And I think people, they kept looking at me because I'm crying. Um, <laughs> and because it was like, and you said it too, about the concepts and how they all kind of led up to the JL and they were really good platforms for learning. And I remember thinking, I'm like, they they got it right they actually like they did it they listened i could see the concepts in it all the best parts all my favorite parts of the concepts were right there in the jl and it was like they they actually they thought about it and they actually did it and i remember seeing some interviews and you were in them and you're talking about the design and i actually originally wanted to be a design guy and then like i drew something and everyone laughed and then i went straight to mechanical um so i wanted to be a design guy really bad and i thought that was the coolest thing and i watched your interview i'm like i'm gonna meet that guy someday that's so cool i like i just thought that was the coolest thing ever and then i uh majored specifically in like automotive type engineering stuff and i like moved to detroit without knowing a single person um with my wife who i had like just married I'm like okay we're married we're going to detroit and i ended up doing this Hold on. Can't see that part. Um, <laughs> top secret. So this should look familiar. It's the yes. door from the JL. Yes. Uh, I became the engineer at the tier one for this. I was responsible for this door for five years. Um, and Wait, so... hold the door up. Hold the door up, though. Hold it up. Oh, it, is it missing something? No. Stick stick your hand in the, in the door, the, the pull cup. Inside that, or no, the bottom, the bottom. So that's that's there. That's to the help lift you lift assist. the door off the car. And uh, there's a good story. The the interior designer uh, Ryan Patrick Joyce, RPGA. Uh, he we made him take. We, he went to Moab with us, and we made him take the doors off. And he designed that pull cup in there because there wasn't one before. So actually, and this is an odd tangent to my little story, but. <laughs> when the uh i can't call it by its code name because no one knows that uh what's the new electric thing the oh the recon the recon the recon so when the recon was being designed and they said we want uh we want the doors removable that was what we were told as a tier one i don't know if they are now so don't quote me but we were told they want they are yeah they are and they're like they're going to be really big and they're going to be steel and so what i did and it it never really got presented but um we actually brought a jl into our shop and i got everyone in the company to come down and take the doors off the jeep and what i was trying to prove was that they the doors need to be lighter i was really trying to be like you need to make the doors lighter if they're going to be removable because not everyone can handle a steel door and um and all that and then what we found out though was (laughs) tall people use this short people don't we can't reach it um because like tall people would reach through the window and they'd grab and lift well yeah this this would actually in my seated position this is about where i was at i can't go any higher yeah so short people would grab the the frame of the door and so that was the feedback i gave to him i was like we need lift points around the exterior of the door or at least around the you know and like in bronco did that everyone drank Mm -hmm. you know right Mm -hmm. they did that on the bottom And I was kind of commenting mm-hmm. on how some of that was good for, for shorter people. Um, but yeah, that's funny because uh, in that whole exercise, I didn't tell anyone that was a lift assist. 
and yeah. like two people used it um and they were like this is yeah. great and <laughs> but yeah until you put it, until you put a lift on your jeep too <laughs> and then, yeah and then it goes away um but the idea yep. was there and mm -hmm. like i appreciated it that that it was put into the door um but i think like yeah. i guess yeah and then oh who are the other people i met so i met david tracy and then through him i met brandon germis and then yeah. I got involved in Gone Jeep in, and I met all of these hooligans and everyone's like, we know Mark Allen. And I'm like, I'm going to meet him someday. And it's been years <laughs> and, and here we are. And I've already moved out of I Michigan. Thought... Um, so <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he just moved. <laughs> oh, did you really? Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll run into each other at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm in the, the Wisconsin side of the lake, but, ah. um, but I, I, I also wanted to say okay. there was, um, there was a story when I was first moving out, moving out to Michigan. I think it was you. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it was this Jeep guy in a brand new JL sees a burning car on the side of the road and decides to, to push it. That was you, right? No, that wasn't you. Nope. I've been they're wrong. Pushed, they pushed the car. Yeah. Push the car. You're fangirling oh. so much. Oh, oh. No. <laughs> well, so the, the way that the story ends is that Jeep, I ended up swapping the door on it. And I, I swore they told oh. me it was yours um, because it, it squeaked. So he held that door for that one. Sorry, it wasn't me. Ah, <laughs> darn. I was going to have the this. Story is, the story is true about, I think it was a Jeep engineer or something. It was an engineer. Pushed yeah. a burning car off the highway to see yeah. yeah, but it wasn't Mark because he's Mark. a designer. Designer person. <laughs> Did you ever yeah, have a door replaced? <laughs> Nope. Ah, I was nope. someone else. Oh, well. Good story. Either way, yeah. I replaced the store. Sorry. Good. Yeah, good story. <laughs> but no, I, it's so great uh, to finally awesome. meet you and, um, you know, being working in that realm, you know. Oh, yeah. Thank you. you no, that's time. cool. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah. Virtually, shall we say. <laughs> and thank you, Mark, for joining us virtually. Next yeah, time, well, uh, I kind of, I felt real. like I it felt like I just rambled for a while, but hopefully it was okay. Never That's done this. Now, so. <laughs> That's it, Mark. Come yeah. You know, this whole thing, <laughs> this whole thing came together yesterday afternoon. It did. And I was talking to Rick, and then I was talking to Greg, and we were talking about having our uh, you know, our our podcast, and Greg was like, I wonder if Mark Allen would want to do it. I'm like, I don't know. Let me send him a text. I, I I had just uh, I had just got home after a very emotional day at work, uh, my last day, and had poured a gin and tonic, and I got your text. I'm like, I'll call you in a bit. <laughs> I, need to, I need to unwind for a minute, but yeah, no, this is cool that it came together. So yeah, yeah, fantastic. No, I appreciate your time, and and I'm sure that we're all going to cross paths again. But it's been yep. you know it's just been a pleasure in the times that we work together. Um, just super cool. Always what you 20 years worth. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just being a real kind of a real dude, a real person, you know, and just somebody that's like, yeah, exactly. He's just like a normal guy. A cheap guy. To... I, don't know if, I don't know if normal's really. Yeah, well, but, we're yeah. all abnormal in our own way. Yeah, yeah exactly. What Greg said. In our cheap way. <laughs> Abby normal. So anybody have anything they want to, we're coming up on, uh, on, you know, Hour and a half well, into it, so so I disappeared for a minute. Um, Greg, nothing you well, say is well, just a minute. Rambling on, and uh, 
I, I'm going to fangirl, but I'm going to do it for somebody else, <laughs> right? So I hope that you appreciate this. And I got the idea because of you, Tracy, um, and your little fangirl moment, Liam, really leads me into this. So hold on one second. He's been over here goofing around for a, a bit. So I'm going to put Mark on the spot, and he can do this or not. Here's the glove box door for the JTE. And there's a guy at Quadratech who idolizes your work and has for a long time. And you probably know him, Eric Ammerman. Have you met him? Mm -hmm. I have. Would you do something on this for Eric? And I'm going to deliver it back with the car. I will. Uh, what is this? It's is a paint silver? marker. Is it silver? Uh, it's No, it's uh, orange. Oh, it's just fine. Different color? fine. No, okay. I, I'll draw the standard Jeep that I draw. It's on, it's on Tracy's Paris. But you got to put Eric, Eric's name on it. All right. It's E R I C. That's what you, he's been over here cleaning this thing for a while. But I could draw an anchor well, on so, here. So this, yeah, you can draw yeah. right on it. Want to put your camera on here? Yeah. So this is actually the glove box door from the YJL. Yep. When I pulled the dash out, but I'm going to put this in the JTE when I deliver back. This is just this is just to prove to people, I guess, that I can still draw. I don't still know. Right, draw and right. <laughs> oh, here we go. All right, great camera angle there, Greg. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right, all right. I'm going to draw my standard Jeep. Yeah, the master this is, at work. This is that's not the great. best paint marker. That's all right. If you dab it, what, push it in. Yeah, it'll ink up. Yeah, I gotta keep doing it. All right. So, for those of you listening, you probably just fast forwarded through this, but Mark is drawing this <laughs> awesome flatty with uh, looks like it's got some oversized tires, like thirty threes on it. Um, I've drawn the, this. Uh, uh, the glove box. A thousand times, yeah. This is what's what's on Tracy's Jeep. Yes, I like it. You should, you know what? You got a whole. I see a whole other career here coming with from Mark as an illustrator, like a cartoon guy. I don't think you it. understand. I don't think you understand how retirement works. Oh, <laughs> I don't need. We need. need we need an off-road comic book for adults. It's out of line. Just, just saying. I can, yeah, there it is. Best, best I can do with this marker, but whatever. What do you want on here, Eric? Um, I'll break my name. I'm breaking your Jeep. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All Jeeps are broken. <laughs> I was I was going to actually have him, I was going to open the hood and have him sign the hood, but I didn't want to carry the whole hood over. You're going to keep Greg, take some nice thing. photos of that when he's done, please. I will. Okay, now we're all going to want one. Can you come sign my CJ, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop by Wisconsin right, on your way, way west. Yeah. Beauty. All righty. Eric's going to love that. Thanks, Mark. That's good enough. Eric will love it. Yeah, Mark. This is awesome. Thanks for joining us tonight. It was, it was, yeah. it was super fun. Super fun. Yeah. Hope, hope we can we'll see you guys again. on the trail. Maybe we'll yeah. just do one from a, like a, a podcast on the Rubicon or in Moab or maybe in Baja. Oh, oh, that's an idea, right? Yeah. The worst part is I'm going to give it away. I'm, I'm taco night. Every night is taco night in Baja. 
<laughs> you can have shrimp tacos. You can have, you know, you like Forrest Gump. We have shrimp tacos, fish tacos, carne asada tacos. Meant for that. And then there's always, you know, a whole cooler full of coldies. So you gotta, yeah, you got to wash it down. But uh, hey, thanks for. No, we've been us. talking Baja for a while. It Baja is just so far away from Michigan. But it won't be that far when you're on the left side of the Rockies. That's correct. <laughs> you're getting with the program now. All right. Yeah. Well, keep us okay. posted, man. Thanks for joining us. And thank uh, you guys. This has been great. And Mark, yeah. thank you yeah. for everything you did for Jeep, for all of us, for keeping our dreams alive, for bringing dreams to everybody else, to the, the next even, generation. Even if your your dream is a broken down four cylinder YJ, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but Liam's four cylinder YJ runs with, with a Mercedes supercharger. <laughs> okay i can see this is going to go on and uh, okay yeah this could yeah, really gonna crank up a campfire and grab a cooler and, all right thanks for everybody thanks for joining us and uh, we'll see you on the next uh gun podcast all right Have a good night bye-bye